Good morning, guys. I had a few moments this morning. Uh, thought I'd kind of pick up on some more thoughts in regards to Acts chapter number two. Uh, last time we were together, let me get my notes over here. Uh, last time we were together, we looked at verses one through basically 14. And um, we talked about how this was the day of Pentecost and when they had and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Uh, Pente meaning 50, 50 days after Passover, they were with one accord in one place. And uh, we talked about how that Pentecost was a bringing in of the harvest. That's what that festival was all about later to commemorate uh, the law as well. Uh, this is a Jewish um, festival, uh, one of the ones where everybody had to be present. And suddenly, in verse number two, there came a sound of heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Again, um, we question the assumption as to whether or not they were actually in the same upper room that they were in in chapter number one. Most people assume they were, but we don't know that the text doesn't say that. Uh, then we also talked about how people think this is all 120 of them, like there was in chapter number one, but the text doesn't really bear that out. The text seems to indicate that it was just the 12 that were here. And, um, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Tongues, known languages, dialect toss. Um, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. These were Jews that were assembled. Um, this is a Jewish message to, a Jewish, to the Jewish nation. And now when it was noised abroad, the multitude came, to word, came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. That right there tells you dialectos. It was known uh, tongues that were being spoken, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galilean? So, uh, again, it couldn't be referencing. If it is referencing the 120, uh, only 12 of them stood up, or the only ones that stood up were Galileans. So um, I doubt that. I think it was 12. And how we hear we man in every tongue in which we were born. And bear in mind, these were scattered Jews that had made their way back to Jerusalem uh, in anticipation. They knew the prophecies of Daniel. They knew something was going on, just like Simeon was there, knew something was going on. There was a great sense of anticipation. The three wise guys, the magi. I mean, there was a lot of buzz going around that maybe the Messiah was here. Maybe this is when it was going to happen. So uh, this is not just happenstance. Josephus says that Jerusalem was all abuzz in anticipation of the coming Messiah. And then they start listing all the places where they were born outside of Jerusalem after the diaspora, which is the spreading after the Babylonian captivity. Uh, Parthians, Medes, Elamite, Elamites, and Mesopotamia, Judea, Judea, Cappadocia. They begin to list all the places that they're from. Cretes and Arabians, and how do we hear everyone speak the tongues? Uh, the wonderful works of God. So um, all these people here, they're all Jews. Um, there may have been some Gentiles mixed in among them, uh, but this was a Jewish festival 
this was a Jewish message. Um, and then it says, and they were all amazed and said, what meaneth this? And others, you know, yeah, they either responded with doubt as to what was going on, just like today, <laughs> or they responded with mockery, just like today. And then in verse number 14, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my word. So Peter, why is it Peter? Who picked Peter? Who put him in charge? Um, Jesus put him in charge. Uh, you'll remember that in Matthew chapter number 16, verse number 19, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. This is our Lord speaking to Jesus, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth, this our Lord speaking to Peter, uh, thou shalt bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose upon the earth shall be loosed in heaven. So Jesus put Peter in charge, all right? So, and he told him, whatever you bind will be bound, whatever you loose will be loosed. Uh, unfortunately, many within the church today try to claim these keys. Uh, not so. They were given to Peter and to Peter alone. Of course, the Pope uh, claims that he has these keys. Um, Pentecostals claim they have these keys because they start binding and loosing in Jesus's name. And again, both of them are claiming something that was never given to them. It was given to Peter and Peter alone. And we, we can't forget here. Again, there's people all over the place. Uh, Peter is speaking to Jews who were looking for their Messiah, and he addresses them as ye men of Israel. Um, in the same chapter in Acts 2.22, ye men of Israel. He's speaking to Israel. Okay. And then back in verse number 15, for these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing as but the third hour of the day. Third hour of the day is nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so he's like, these guys aren't drunk. Um, and of course, he's referring to the other apostles. Uh, they're not drunk as ye suppose. Um, he said, these guys are, uh, it's not drunkenness that you're witnessing, but this is that in verse number 16, this is that, uh, which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. Now, this is where it gets interesting because Peter attributes what is happening to the fulfillment of the prophet Joel. So the best way to understand this is that Peter says what he means and Peter means what he says. But unfortunately, this is where the commentators begin correcting poor Peter. Uh, begin saying he didn't understand what was going on and they start correcting him. Uh, he shouldn't have been quoting from Joel chapter 2 verse number 28. Uh, maybe the first part, but certainly not chapter number 29. I mean, all the corrections start happening in the commentaries. Um, so when Peter says this is that, they will start arguing, well, it was not that. Uh, because all of this had not happened yet. Uh, you see down in verse number 18, uh, 17, and it shall come to pass. Um, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, 
I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. So Peter stands up, says, this is that. Commentators today love to say this was not that. And they begin correcting poor old Peter. Uh, but no, it was that. Even though not everything in those verses I just read in 17 and 18 had come to pass at the time Peter stood up, everything that he did say did come to pass in the book of Acts. Peter was just saying this is the beginning of that. This is the beginning of Joel chapter 2 and verse number 28. Um, so, and of course, we know that very shortly, uh, they're going to blaspheme the spirit. They're going to commit the sin and the kingdom offer is going to be taken off the table. But at this moment, Peter is saying, this is that. OK, this is the fulfillment of Joel chapter two and verse number 28. Um, what's interesting is if you're a student of scripture, when you read Joel chapter two, verse number 28, uh, it reads just a little differently than the way Peter quoted it here in verse number 17. Because Peter here in chapter 2, verse 17 says, and it shall come to pass in the last days. But if you go back and read Joel chapter 2, verse number 28, he says, and it shall come to pass afterward. He doesn't use the word in the last days. So what gives? Now, most people, so what's the difference between in the last days and afterward? Well, a lot of Bible teachers say those words mean the same thing in the original language. Um, but I think more so it means that Peter actually believed that he was in the last days. He took the word afterward and put in the last days. I mean, he believed that he was in the last days. Remember that we believe in the inspiration of Scripture, right? That means scripture here doesn't contradict scripture there. And yet I'm amazed to watch how many commentators say exactly that and yet turn around and stand upon the inspiration of the scriptures and the inerrancy of the scriptures. No, Peter knew exactly what Peter was saying. Peter had been given the keys to the kingdom. Peter was appointed by God to stand up and give this message on the day of Pentecost to the Jewish nation. Okay. And what he's doing is attempting to... Uh, persuade the Jews to repent for killing their Messiah. That's exactly what Peter was doing. Peter wasn't birthing a church. Okay, Peter was attempting, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sins. He was preaching the same message that he preached back in the gospels. He was preaching the same message that he, John the Baptist, Jesus, and all the other apostles were preaching. He was giving the nation of Israel one last opportunity to accept their Messiah, even though they had already killed him. So was Peter wrong in what Peter was saying? No, he was not wrong because it could have and it probably should have, but it wasn't because it was rejected. This was that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel in chapter 2, verse number 28. Now, some will argue, now what Peter's doing here, of course, he's still offering the kingdom. Some will argue that the offer of the kingdom was actually rejected back in Matthew chapter number 12. Now, they do that so that they can justify the birth of the church here in Acts chapter number 2. But to embrace the fact that the kingdom was fully and finally 
rejected back in Matthew chapter number 12 is to believe that Peter did not understand what he was saying here, that Peter was really off track. Um, because number one, they could not have rejected uh, the kingdom in Matthew chapter number 12 because the kingdom had not been fully offered in Matthew chapter number 12. Why do I say that? Because the crucifixion had not taken place yet. Okay, The crucifixion had to happen before a bona fide offer could be made of the kingdom that is here. They had indeed previously rejected their king in ignorance, sure, in Matthew chapter number 12. But now they are given the offer again, and we know that they're going to reject it, but they're given the offer to make it right. Now, if you read chapter number 12 and verse number 32 in this light, it makes a lot of sense. In Matthew 12, verse number 32 and whatsoever or whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven unto him. Now, they had spoken words against the Son of Man. Because if you read the full content of Matthew chapter number 12, um, and we can, why don't we do that? Uh, Matthew chapter number 12, we've got a little bit here, not much time, but... Um, Matthew chapter number 12, just to give a little context here. It's a big chapter. And at that time, Jesus won the seventh day through the corn. His disciples were hungry and began to pluck ears of corn and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and they were with him? And when they were with him, how he entered the house of God and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them that were with him, but only for the priest? Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath day the priests in the temple profane the temple and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, ye would have not condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Look, and when he departed thence, he went into the synagogue. And he, began, he healed the guy with the hand, with the, with the withered hand. And he said, what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep and it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day and you not lay hold upon it and lift it out? How much more this man better than a sheep? Wherefore, is it lawful to do well on the Sabbath? And he said, stretch out your hands. And in verse number 14, but the Pharisees went out, held a council against him, how they might destroy him. And Jesus knew it, and he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him. So some will argue that that right there is the rejection, but it's not the rejection. It was the rejection of the Son of Man, which he told them will be forgiven, but the rejection of the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. So in Matthew 9, chapter number 12, I put forth, they rejected the Son of Man. But in Acts chapter number 2, they are actually rejecting the Holy Spirit. They are blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And this is when the kingdom 
was was officially retracted the offer they had indeed blasphemed the holy spirit at this point the kingdom was rejected and if you keep going on peter continues to read joel chapter 2 verse 28 and goes down in chapter number 29 or verse number 29 and says and it shall come, let's see, uh, verse number 19, and I will show wonders in heaven and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and vapor smoke, and the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord. Now again, some people will say, you know, Peter got ahead of himself here. No, in Peter's mind, he was offering the kingdom, and if they would have accepted the offer, the Lord these signs would have followed Joel chapter 2 verse 29 20 or 2 verse 29 in other words these signs would have followed and then the second coming of Christ would have occurred and he would have set up his kingdom on the earth but of course they didn't so uh, Peter knew that uh, Peter knew the actual chronological order of how things were going to roll out because he had said at Jesus's feet in Matthew chapter number 24 and he knew exactly how it was going to happen. Uh, as a matter of fact, Peter, when you get over into First uh, Peter, is still talking about it. Um, so anyway, there's something for you guys to digest. Um, just a little recap. Peter stands up with the 11. He lifts up his voice. Why Peter? Because Peter was the one that was given the keys. Peter was the one that Jesus had had the authority to loose and to bind. Peter is coming up and given what some would call a bona fide final offer of the kingdom. It could not have been offered over in Matthew chapter number 12 because the crucifixion had not taken place, let alone the resurrection. Now the kingdom is being offered. They had spoke evil against the Son of Man back over in Matthew 12, but now they're getting ready to speak evil against the Holy Spirit or blaspheme the Holy Spirit, which means they're going to officially and finally reject the offer of the kingdom. And when we, and when we get over into chapter number 9, God is going to raise up Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, who is going to take the gospel of reconciliation the gospel of grace uh, outside of Jerusalem to the Gentile, and the church is going to uh, grow from there. So anyway, it's just some interesting thoughts. Just think about it. Um, I challenge you, be good Bereans. Um, hey, guys, I see Aaron there. I see uh, Fonseca. Uh, how are you guys? I don't know if it's Oberlin or... Rosa, but uh, I hope you guys are doing well, and thank you for the opportunity just to share a few thoughts here. And I know that a lot of these thoughts are contradictory to a lot of the teaching that even I have done in the past, because as I sit down and I look at the book of Acts, I'm sorry, I, I do not see uh, the birth of the church, not in Acts chapter number two. Yeah, sure, the church was born but not on the day of Pentecost. Um, this was a Peter, a Jewish apostle, been given the kings, bringing the message of the kingdom to the Jewish nation, giving them one final opportunity to accept their risen Savior, the Messiah. And, of course, we know what happened there. Uh, they began killing people. And God raised up the Apostle Paul in chapter 
number nine. So I encourage you, read those scriptures. Go over them slow. Who's the audience? Who's being addressed? What scriptures are being pulled from in the Old Testament? Because when you go back in the Old Testament, yeah, the church is hinted at that there'll be others who are not of this pasture who will be brought in. But it is never addressed. Joel is dealing um, with uh, the day of the Lord and the millennial reign of Christ upon this earth. And that's exactly what Peter thought was happening at the time. So God bless you guys. I hope that you have a great day. Remember always God loves you. What's best for you. Working all things out for your good.